Good morning from all across the world. My name is Andrew. I'm here with Lewis Brackpool from the United Kingdom. <laughs> starting <laughs> starting right away, Lewis, I'm sorry. And Matt Brevner, oh, right. international superstar recording artist from British Columbia. How are you guys doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? How is yourself? I'm doing well. The sun just pretty much came up in BC, so I'm starting my day like I start every day with about a liter and a half of black coffee straight to the vein. <laughs> That's a lot. And I'm ready to chat. Nice. I know. A lot of coffee. I know. <laughs> I've got my Space Force shirt on. I'm ready to go, you guys. The Rebel News Daily live stream. We are on Rumble, Super U, I believe Getter as well, and YouTube and Odyssey. So many platforms we have to get to. YouTube, we love you guys there, but we have to cut away after 50 minutes or a couple segments because things get too spicy and we want to be able to give you real opinions. So rebelnews.com slash live streams is where you go to find the daily feed uh, that won't be cut away from, and you can get everything on the website there. We'll take your Rumble rants, your Odyssey hyper chats, your Super U shouts, I believe they're called. And if you're on Getter, please just follow along. Um, once they come up with a paid function there, we like them at Getter. We'll be supporting that as well. So our first story, Lewis Brackpool, um, is Ryan Long, who's a comedian I've interviewed. And I know you guys have seen him st his stuff before, but he's doing a bit about Amazon here. Uh, regarding how so many musicians have left Spotify and Neil Young, the recording artist who, you know, very old now, but a very popular artist. He said, um, basically, I'm protesting against Spotify because of what they what Joe Rogan says on his podcast. But come listen to me on Apple and Amazon Music. So um, let's show this clip here, Ryan Long. It's basically just like a YouTube short. It's a PSA in favor of Amazon. And people are taking it seriously. Let's watch. Recently, Neil Young made the decision to take his music off Spotify and put that music in the libraries of a true ethical company, Amazon. And I would like to see other artists step up and give their business to Amazon in the fight to end misinformation. Whether it's a grocery store not enforcing mask requirements or a mom and pop store posting suspicious Fauci memes on their Instagram page, any infraction should be met with taking your business from them and giving that business to Amazon. The more consumption that you do at Amazon, the closer we get to winning this war. And Amazon's growth is gonna be the only way to ensure that you're truly safe. We all have to make sacrifices. In my life, personally, I just found out that one of Main Street Theater's off-Broadway productions featured an actor that recently posted on Facebook questioning CNN's COVID coverage. And as a result, I will no longer be giving Main Street Theater my business and making sure all entertainment that I consume comes from Amazon's streaming service. If Amazon's good enough for Neil Young, it should be good enough for us. And I just want to say thank you to the team at Amazon for everything that you do. Recently, Neil Young made the decision the idea that that is a serious sketch, I can really get behind because I don't know if you guys noticed, but sometimes on Lewis's posts, I'll just, you know, call him racist or something like that because, you know, engagement, you guys, engagement matters with the audience. So there's a, a bunch of uh, comments he highlighted, and I think he posted them on his Instagram page, or we can just read them straight off of YouTube. Um, you have the link in the uh, live stream thread we made of his Instagram post. You can pull them from there. What does this say about stuff? Like, are people just feigning outrage? Do you guys think about something? I mean, I obviously Amazon isn't the greatest company in the world, but why do you think people like are so quick to try to jump on this as a real thing? Do you know what? I think the, the line between satire and real life has, has blurred people's minds so much that people are so confused. I mean, I, I've been a victim of it personally when uh, I've seen, uh, let's say, a TikTok that gets posted up. And, um, and I'm, I'm ta I'm, I, at first, I'm like, oh, this, this sounds very, very serious. But then you realize, actually, no, it's complete satire. So I kind of understand the mistake. But at the same time, we all know Ryan Long's content. We all know that he's constantly taking the piss, and it's great. And, uh, and that's what it's all about. So, yeah, I think my main point was uh, the, the line between satire and real life. <laughs> well, I think everything's been so politicized and uh, hyper-polarized lately that it's, everyone's so guarded. They've been, you know not getting enough oxygen and staying in their house for two years and literally fighting with everyone they care about, about everything. No one can agree about anything. So 
when you see something like that, I can see why people would take it seriously. Because there probably are people that agree with that statement. And to be honest with you, I, I, this is the first time I've ever seen anything from Ryan Long. I didn't know who Ryan really? Long was before we played this clip. Wow. Yeah, but wow. I, I, I don't pay attention. To, I don't pay attention to much. To be, <laughs> to be honest with you, I keep my head down. Like I, Abraham Lincoln said that he's only he had only read one Bible or one book in his life, and it was the Bible. So like I, I believe that you can be a great man if you're careful about the the information that you let into your head. So I don't just let out all the information in my head. But with that being said, if I saw this video out of context, just scrolling on Twitter, oh, I did see this. This was hilarious. Okay, I didn't realize it was the same guy. <laughs> but I could see why people may think like he kind of looks lefty. He looks a little lefty. So I could see why maybe some people would think he was being you know truthful in it. So. You know, I run into this problem sometimes just with my friends and around the office where I'm trying to make a joke, but the bit is that I'm trying to be so serious that you think it's serious, and then at some point people actually think that you're being serious. I think that's what happened here. I texted Ryan, uh, I've had him on my show, and uh, I was like, I think you're just too good of an actor at this point if people think you're actually just being serious about this, but it's Ryan Long Comedy. I don't know if you guys can read any of those comments we had put up a second ago. If you want to bring that back up and uh, they're really funny, Lewis, you want to they're read so some of these? Funny. Yeah, go for it. If I can see them on the stream. Uh, so follow my other channel. Obviously that's Ryan Long's comment. Amazon executives <laughs> be like this, but I unironically <laughs> only a benevolent uh, corporation would spend millions of dollars to persuade me that Amazon pays its employees $15 an hour. And only a benevolent corporation would spend millions of dollars to persuade me that they are good. So do that, does uh, that person think this is a paid Amazon ad? <laughs> Probably. Because this is a YouTube uh, short. So people who aren't in like your normal algorithm or your subscription base, that's how they'll see this. This right. is why it's getting all these, I think. Keep going. Uh, there are, what was that one? There are many... Sorry, just a little bit up. Nice one. Uh, there are many people who watch this video and agree with everything wholeheartedly at face value, like a lot of people, yeah, which we've seen, which is quite funny. Um, anyone else missed the good old days when you had no idea? Um, no idea who Neil Young was. Yeah, last week was a good week. Lewis, can we get uh, one more from you in a Canadian accent? Um, sure. Uh, which one would you like me to read out? I put all my music on YouTube. We'll do that one. So I put all my music on YouTube and the three minute adverts on the five minute tune are exactly what we need to keep our viewers engaged. Is that all right? Yeah. Uh, whenever you say the TU, you send tend to go a ch. So you need to work on that. It's just a t sound. Cool. cool. You say a boot. So I've got to get that. I one don't right. say. If you watch some trailer <laughs> you park boys, you'll hear them say a boat. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, super chat us or hyper chat us your favorite uh, comment on there why you think people are taking this seriously more Spotify stuff of course is Joe Rogan that's where it all stems from and um, he's now being accused of racism of course he is they've comp compiled a bunch of times he's used the n-word whether it's quoting somebody um, I believe a couple of them are George Carlin George Carlin saying that you can't say that word. Um, who's the other great comedian that I'm forgetting his name right now? But a black comedian, um, he's quoting him. Here's the compilation. Let's bring that up. Um, so they're going through all the years. And listen, you can tell how old some of those clips are. Um, 2009, yeah. I believe, is when the Joe Rogan experience started. So he's quoting black comedians in some cases. And of course, it's just all out of context. Doesn't matter to them. Mm -hmm. Imagine being the person who's like, I'm really getting them. I've got Joe Rogan now, <laughs> but uh, this will stop them. So there's a reporter, um, Newsmax contributor and an independent reporter, James Klug. And he really hits it out of the park with streeters all the time. Big numbers on his videos. And he decided to go around and ask people, black people and white people, what they thought of this. Do they think Joe Rogan's racist? Do they think he should be taken off the air? And what he appeared to have found was that black people don't care, but white liberals in California, because he's still in California, they're the ones who care the most. And I don't know if that should be shocking. I don't know if we should be taking it seriously like the last video. But here's uh, James Klug reporting from his YouTube channel um, and asking people if Joe Rogan's racist because of this. He's terrible. He's terrible. He should be off Spotify. I'm behind Neil Young all the way. It's offensive and it's not our choice. It's not his choice and shouldn't be using it. He's been doing a lot of crazy 
lately. He just thinks he can do whatever he wants, you know? Do you guys care? <laughs> Absolutely not. Hell no. <laughs> I don't care. What about you? Not at all. He's not saying nothing bad to me, so I don't care. I don't give a f Do I care about Joe Rogan generally or this issue specifically? No, but people are going to want to be upset about whatever they're going to be upset about. Does it bother you or does it not? As soon as I get me a show, it's the first thing I'm going to say, I made it. <laughs> if anything that George Floyd taught us was oh to open our eyes no, and actually wow. see what's in front of us and <laughs> actually address it, not just keep ignoring it. <laughs> and by keeping him on, we're ignoring it. He's oh terrible. my God. He's terrible. He should be off Spotify. Oh, the day, imagine thinking <laughs> nah. that you'd see an old woman say, you know what George Floyd taught us. First of all, George Floyd didn't teach you anything. He didn't come out with any statements unless it was like, you know, how to rob somebody, how to be a porn star. Um, I don't believe he made any public statements because he was a victim or whatever. I'm not even going to say victim. He died, so he didn't give you any statements. So he didn't actually teach you anything. I guess she's maybe trying to talk about the situation taught us. But the irony here, you've got 10 black people saying no, and then an old white lady saying, you know, George Floyd really taught us something. And I hope that my grandchildren... Uh, are taught the true history of black people in this country and how Joe Rogan was a racist and George Floyd was a hero. Matt, you're black. How should we feel about this? Let's go full MSNBC. Well, Let's go to our black panelist. I'm, I'm black <laughs> enough to comment on this subject on a conservative-leaning media outlet, so I will do that. Okay. <laughs> this is just so stupid. <laughs> Like, I don't really know what to say. Like, this is just, it's like racist. It's this white saviorism thing. And like, if anyone thinks Joe Rogan is, is racist, show me one example where he's barred any sort of uh, growth, career growth or success or access for one uh, black comedian, colleague, celebrity, scientist. Like, show me one example of that. Well, you can't because it doesn't exist. If you want to correlate some sort of loose racism by proxy based on his political views well then watch the shapiro podcast where they talk about gun laws and how they adversely uh, affect or weapons restrictions how they adversely affect black americans in the private prison system he's very liberal when it comes to that so i mean i don't i don't get it it's just again it's just people asleep at the wheel so their ideas come from you know talking heads on mainstream media and unfortunately that also informs votes and that gets us in the mess that we're in right now. So it's just, it's disgusting. And I'm tired of being tokenized. I'm tired of white people being upset on my behalf and on people like my family's behalf and people that look like me's behalf. Like you don't represent us. You don't understand what it, what it means to be a visible minority. You don't really understand what it means to be discriminated against for your race. In fact, you are discriminating, discriminating against people like us by propagating these ideas. It's actually abhorrent. It's disgusting. And... You know, it's it's this thing again. It's like we're supposed to think a certain way because of how we look, right? Isn't that how it works? Isn't that how politics work? You're supposed to just get riled up and be able to be like manipulated or equally outraged about things based on it's. I'm sorry, man. I, this thing, this like pisses me off. Like to be completely honest with you, like this has been a, something that's been going on for years and years in politics. And then when, just listening to like these people on on Venice Beach were giving a statement about. You know, standing with George Floyd, it's like they're being so manipulated. They all think they're doing the right thing. They're taking their their politics are informed from some sort of like like pseudo morality that they've inherited from people like, you know, Chris Cuomo or whatever the hell. <laughs> and, you know, and it's just uh, it's just it's outrageous, man. It's racist. Like that's racism. Well, they're really that's what racism looks like when people like Joe Biden, the president perpetuated, I believe, a year ago. And if we all remind ourselves of the Ami Horowitz video where he asks white people about voter registration and if uh, black people can get uh, ID yes. and all the black people are like, of course, I can go online and register. And of course, I can I have ID. And then all the white kids are like, they're not as good at using the Internet and they don't have driver's license uh, centers where they are. And then Joe Biden, when he's campaigning to be the president says, you know, old black and Lat Latina people, Latino, Latina people, they can't use the computer properly. They don't know how to go and get ID. It's just perpetuating this, that they're basically saying that other races aren't as smart as them. So we have to go out of our way to help them. And it's an obvious form of racism, I think, to to most people, but then again, if you're in that you know genre of political thought, 
you think there's no such thing as reverse racism. It's your job to stamp out white supremacy and de-white yourself and remove your own whiteness. Therefore, you have to be actively against. You can't just be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. So therefore, you have to go and do things that they don't even realize are racist. And I was talking to somebody earlier today about uh, it was you guys, in fact, about a, an old Joe Biden clip where he's saying, you know, uh, we're busing in poor black people to rich white neighborhood schools so that they can get a good education. But we shouldn't be doing that because when the black people go home at the end of the day on the bus, they're going to grow resentment from the other students who have a better life. So in order to protect black people and make everything non-racist, we have to take education away from them just because, you know, this theory that they're going to feel bad because other people have more money than them. So they don't, does Joe Biden realize that he's doing this and he's so racist that he's going to do this for 30, 40, 50 years? Or does he really think that he's fighting racism? I think he, uh, I think he's secretly pretty racist is my, is my interpretation, judging on how many Dixie Kratz and segregationists he got along with. Um, but I, I'm not inside mm. his head. So sometimes I struggle with this claim that we can know if somebody's racist, but uh, judging by his actions, you know, 1977 uh, here, co his comments, bring that back up for a second. Growing up in a racial jungle. Yeah, that was his other one. And and of course, we want to make sure things aren't taken out of context. context. We're talking about Joe Rogan being taken out of context. But if you go and do a couple hours of searching on Joe Biden, first of all, they've hidden a lot of it. I found a lot of his old videos on Yahoo video search, which is how you find a lot of his old stuff um, when he was you know, doing press conferences from his desk when he was in politics in the 70s. And he's talking about how he got along with a segregationist who would tell him, Joe, I'll run against you or with you, no, depending on which uh, way helps. You know, he was friends with the very last person to run as a Dixiecrat, uh, the racist party in the United States. He was friends with that guy. So to be adjacent to all this stuff and have all these quotes over the years and, uh, you know, uh, poor people are just as smart as white kids are. Poor kids are just as smart as white kids are, is another quote of Joe Biden. So it's just over and over again. And Matt, I completely get what you're Here's saying, where it's, where it's this positioning yourself as you're trying to help. But, you know, uh, we need to take I don't, we need to take Aunt Jemima off of the dude, bottles to save you, basically. Dude, I don't want to let this pass. And I don't often uh, speak about stuff like this because my identity does not come from something like a birth lottery with who my parents were and whatever... Uh, ethnicity I am. I'm Canadian. But anyways, I'm going to, I just want to say something for a minute. I was in RBC yesterday. Yeah, I shouldn't be in RBC, but I had an account with them. Yes, they discriminate against conservatives. I'm currently moving my business elsewhere. Anyways, I'm in the bank and I'm sitting there and I see on the big screen, oh, there's a special loan, a special, a special small business loan for black entrepreneurs. And I sit there and I'm looking around the bank and I see Asian people, I see Indian people, I see white people. And I'm just thinking, these guys think that I'm, I'm retarded or something. Sorry for my language, but they think I'm not capable to be successful on my own. In fact, I need special financial help. I need special debt. I need a special debt program so that I can be successful. I can be a, a normal member of society. That's what white supremacy looks like. That is white supremacy. Hillary Clinton going on Charlemagne and saying she never leaves the house without her hot sauce. That is white supremacy. Justin Trudeau, Justin Trudeau getting caught in blackface multiple times and not taking any accountability for it and saying, in fact, it's a teaching moment. That is white supremacy. Not good, hardworking Canadians that just want to work. They just want to go back to their job, just want to go back to school. Like people really need to get their ideas flipped this whole thing has been completely perverted it's just a new version of racism 2.0 no i am not a token yes these are my original ideas yes i'm researched that's so it's just that bothers me so much as it should i'm sure if uh if it was happening to me and people were trying to tell me oh poor white people and of course those people are out there and to a degree they have a point when people say like things are being slanted in one direction now but if it was legitimately uh let's help out white people by removing their faces from products and let's help white people by treating them uh you know better than everybody else i would be against that as well lewis do you expect the same thing would happen in the united kingdom if people were to go around and ask people if uh, joe rogan was racist uh yeah 
Uh, I reckon that would happen. I think a lot of people have bought into this idea of victimhood. Uh, this idea, uh, well, it's it's basically echoing what Matt said. Um, it's this strange sort of. Uh, <laughs> I can't even really explain what it is. I don't know. <sighs> the thing is, right? Context now doesn't matter. Um, and it, it's, it's a very unique time that we're living in. I mean, I don't suppose you guys have seen, uh, all the clips of Howard Stern being coming mm -hmm. back to light. Um, so that's been doing the rounds. Um, I think someone posted, um, something recently. I don't want to say, I don't want to guess to who it was, but I think someone posted something recently explaining how, uh, it's now a kind of, um, left or right type thing now where if, a staunch sort of lefty would would use this um, use that word. Yeah, this that's the uh, that's the sketch that's been doing the rounds again. Um, if you use if you use that word uh, constantly, like for, for example, Howard Stern there uh, was using it constantly, um, but now can still keep their job. But it's but if someone challenges some form of narrative, whether it be a mainstream narrative or a left-wing narrative, and that word is even being used um, as an example or maybe quoted, like what Joe Rogan's been doing, uh, it's immediately, no, this isn't acceptable, this is toxic, this is racist, regardless of context. And it's, it's almost like people are dictating what is offensive and what isn't now. Now, I don't know. I think there's nothing much more to really add than what than what Matt says. I think it's a form of patronization now um, towards black people is what I've been seeing. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, you know, claim to to know everything, but um, you know, I see it as a form of patronization. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Is that correct or or incorrect? Matt, you want to touch? Well, on yeah. That? It's it's a way it's a way to just manipulate people to you know control how they think and control them as like a voting block it's weaponizing sure. guilt for folks like you like that look like you guys to then can further control and highlight victimization in people that look like me and it's just a way to control mm -hmm. both of us because here's the thing man if i can tell you that your life sucks and it's not your fault and i can fix it for you well that's pretty appealing you know mm. most people are going to take that it's like you know that lack it's like oh yeah I guess I'm a loser because, you know, it's not because I don't get up and work hard and it's not because I sleep until one every day and it's not because I drink and smoke every day, but it's probably because of some sort of, you know, internalization in the system that I have no, that's it's completely out of my strength. And then, you know, it's, mm. it's unfortunate because we set up financial institutions and programs to further propel folks that are actually hardworking and are deserving it, but they could reach these these heights on their own merit but instead with the propping up of the institution it raises them all the way like up to here but i mean in the mm. arts especially in canada but if you look at like for example okay neil young okay you're protesting joe rogan for all of this misinformation and you're saying like maybe you know some people are echoing that maybe there's like some racism or white nationalism or whatever where are all you celebrities protesting like gangster rap music you know that's that's saying that black young black americans should kill each other and sell dope and and womenize and and sleep around and all of this disgust like all of these things are actually hurting the black community how come you're not protesting that how come you have no problem mm. standing beside that but then as soon as someone you know wants to think for themselves and present their own ideals that don't go against the party line then oh you're screaming racism it's just gross. And CBC does the same thing. Canada's falling into the same identity politics garbage. That's why what's dominated the news cycle was one swastika flag or one Confederate flag amongst a sea of millions of people. Peaceful people. And you know what? Who? It's like, okay, maybe if they were a majority white people, I don't know if that was, a, was the case. But when that gets brought forward, then conservatives have to feel like we have to defend the fact that, oh, they were white, but they're good people. It's like, what the hell? Who cares if they're white? Who cares what color mm. they are? Why are we even talking about this stuff? Mm. Like my grandma, she, her, she's uh, German and adopted and European, and she's not really sure what she is. My grandpa is a black man, immigrated here from Trinidad, got his engineering degree from UBC, really worked hard to make something of himself. In the 60s, they were in Vancouver. They weren't allowed to get an apartment because they're a mixed-race couple. And my grandma had to pretend to be, believe it or not, a lesbian, so that she could get an apartment for my grandpa because they would 
certain landlords in Vancouver were more likely to sign a lease for a lesbian couple than they were for a mixed race biracial couple. So no, I know that's crazy. That sounds ludicrous, but it, but it's true. But anyways, I was at my grandma's house last week and we're having a conversation and she's very lefty. She's very plugged into the CNN narrative. She believes everything that she sees on the news. But even her, she was saying to me, I can't believe how, how, how much racism dominates the contempt, the, the cultural conversation in the news. Like things are way worse now than they were when I was, when I was young. And, and I'm like, do you actually believe that? You actually lived through racism and segregation? Like you literally could not get an apartment with your husband because he was black and you're telling me racism is worse now. No, it's not. Mm. It's not. Yeah. But she believes it. Like she's been, she's had this, this stuff bashed over her head so, so much over the past four years. An old elderly lady who's triple jabbed, who won't leave the house. You know what I'm saying? But she actually mm. believes someone who actually was an advocate for equal rights so much so that she married a black man. That's how much of an advocate she was for equal rights in the civil rights movement. But she believes that things are more racist now. It's nonsense. Here's it's the man. power of the... Oh, yeah, that's a great name. <laughs> Justin Trudeau. It's the power of the media. <laughs> we got to, man, we got to defund CBC, bro. I, I, I don't know this statistic <laughs> off the top of my head. I don't. But what was it, like $1.1 billion spent in 2021 or something like because that? Because they had... Okay. Um, they forwarded their Olympic coverage money for special pandemic purposes. I'm sure they'll uh, bring that back. Go to cbc.ca. Um, somebody showed me yesterday that uh, they have a banner about um, somewhere on the CBC website. They have a banner about uh, what it's like to be black in Canada. And it's got a bunch of fists. That's a, a, a special they're promoting on CBC. Well, Trudeau so, would know. So we're <laughs> we're paying our tax dollars <laughs> for the, the government broadcaster to tell you how terrible it is to be one race in the country and just basically say that as a matter of fact, there it is. It says that little banner on the right. Let's click on that. It says being do people black not realize that. I'm sorry, man, but do people not realize okay. what the underground railroad road was? Do people not realize that black Americans fled the States to escape slavery, to come to Canada? Do people not know that? Like, uh, I'm probably not. I'm sure there's a twist on it now. I'm sure there's a twist on the Underground Railroad about how, you know, it wasn't actually good in some way. I'm sure it happens. Andrew, you might know this. Just Sorry, I'm I'm fired up today, man. Okay. I'm sorry. But Andrew, Andrew <laughs> how, how much does an ICU bed in Canada, how much does a, an ICU bed cost? Oh, I don't know. At least a few hundred dollars a day, I'd imagine. So how many uh, ICU beds can we build with $1.7 billion? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're going with this. I'm completely for it. I think there should be maybe one CBC radio station in French and in English that goes across the country, and that's about it. Maybe keep CBC Sports if you really want to have like yeah, you know, a thing where you can promote Canadian athletes because they don't have like scholarships and stuff. But as far as there's no possible way, and this goes for BBC and ABC in Australia. There's no possible way a new station owned by the government can't have a slant. The people who are in charge are going to put in power at these companies the people that they want to tell their stories. The same thing with RT and Sputnik, state broadcasters in Russia. And you know what? They're better at telling the news than CNN. But once it comes to something America or Russia related, that's when you see their huge bias come into play where it's like it'll be perfectly reasonable news. Like a landslide happened in Bangladesh today, trapping 37 workers. And then once they go to a Russia and American story, they're going to say, Americans terrorize their citizens with propaganda and like Russia has been like, you know, as soon as it becomes that sort of issue, then that's when their stripes are shown. And I'm just saying that because you can't take the inherent bias out of a network that's representing the the people who are wielding power in the country. It'd be like saying like Leafs TV, uh, you're expecting them to be against the Leafs or something like that. Uh, that's a hockey. One of the hockey is a sport played in Canada, Lewis on ice. <laughs> Um, they use wooden and some, now fiberglass sticks to shoot a rubber uh, object into a net past a goalkeeper, not to be confused with a football <laughs> goalkeeper. One Sorry. of the biggest arguments I, he I hear for the CBC, which is also one of the biggest arguments I hear for programs like Factor, which is uh, the, you know, the for re recording artists in Canada, mm -hmm. it's Canadian media because of the size of our country and the, la the small population difficult for it to compete on a global scale so 
what it's meant to do is propel people or rising stars anyways who could compete and their products good enough to compete globally, but without the infrastructure or the money behind them, it's difficult to do that. So if that's what we're going to keep CBC and these Canadian arts institutions for, even if they are hyper-politicized, okay, then let's, let's focus on that and let's send out a census to Canadian taxpayers to see what kind of content would you like to see us produce? Because you're paying for it. Like, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable. You know, you want to give a million dollars to some university students to make a short film about what their experience is like in, in Western, Cana Western Canada. Okay, awesome. But I don't need to hear Rosemary Barton, what she has to say about anything ever again. Thank you very much. I'm totally I fine agree. on that. Obese woman tells you why everybody else is unhealthy. <laughs> unhealthy. <laughs> I want to make sure we have Sheila Gunn Reed coming in. So I want to inform the audience that you can get in your paid chats, your rumble rants, and your hyper chats, and your super you shouts to Sheila. She's going to update us. Do we have her? Not yet. Okay. I want to make sure you guys get in your paid chats for her when she comes on and gives us an Alberta update. And uh, we can have her answer some of those questions if you want, or we can answer them after. Uh, Lewis, there's we've talked about J comedian Jimmy Carr before, who I think we both were fans of. And then he started picking mm. on unvaccinated people in this audience. Are we okay to talk about? Oh, this isn't about vaccination anyway. So uh, you want to talk about Jimmy Carr's got some new criticism he's facing? Because obviously comedians are bad now and we all have to criticize comedians. Sure. Um, so Jimmy Carr from the same stand-up show that uh, he, he criticised um, uh, unvaccinated people is he made a, a Holocaust joke and he made um, he made a very very edgy joke in regards to gypsies and um, I'm not going to say the joke of course. Can we um, play it or would that's that get us taken down? Him. Probably get us taken I'm down. A, I would say no. Maybe when we're on Rumble. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Maybe on rumble, but, um, yeah. So he, in short, he made a, a Holocaust joke. Um, and, uh, a lot of MPs and a lot of, um, people around the, uh, the Twitter sphere, uh, was calling for him to be canceled and to apologize. Um, yeah, it's just the classic story of the comedian who made the edgy joke to went there. And he even warned people. He said, this is a career ender joke basically saying and uh, and then he proceeded to tell the joke and then explain after why the joke was funny which you know i mean you let the audience decide that of course but that's just classic jimmy carr um and yeah it it, it created this mob of outrage once again i mean to be honest, we're in that time now where we, people choose to be offended by things. And if you don't like a particular person or you don't like someone's comedy, you just don't watch it. You just don't engage with it and you just carry on with your life, uh, no matter how grotesque it is. You guys all know that I'm a big free speech advocate, so you already know my position on it. I don't think we should be firing comedians like regardless of jokes, just be critic like criticizing them for in case, you know, the joke is too edgy. Like we did with the unvaccinated joke. You know, we wasn't sitting here saying he should be cancelled for it, he should be taken off. But um now that he's made a, another joke that of course is extremely edgy, um yeah, that that's it. He's he's stepped over the line. Um but unfortunately we live in that time now where you're not even allowed to make jokes. We should be criminalizing jokes. And a, a particular MP, um, I think her name is Zoltana. You can find her on Twitter. She's uh, an MP for the Labour Party. Shock horror. Um, she has turned around and said that we should basically criminalize uh, jokes and criminalize people who laugh at the jokes as well. So what sort of society are we coming to what we're going to have to go on the oh, dark okay. web and start making jokes to each other in our own houses. Like what sort of, what sort of society are we, are we pushing towards now? I mean, I mean, we always joke and right wingers always use Orwell as like a kind of, um, well, it's becoming fact, isn't it really? Isn't it? So, you know, it's, 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 there's no satire anymore with that, with that book. It's, it's becoming a kind of reality or an homage, but, um, I don't know what you guys think. I, I mean, I, I have a, I have an idea on what you guys think, but, uh, I'd like to hear it from both of you. Should he be canceled for making a very, very edgy joke? <laughs> well, I think not. I mean, I recently rewatched, um, Ricky Gervais on the Oscar mm -hmm. or whatever it was making fun of all of them. Yeah. 
And, um, yeah. you know, it's it's just interesting to think that this MP who thinks that she's doing the right thing, she thinks she's doing the right thing by saying we should criminalize pe pe people or anybody who laughs about it. She thinks that's somehow the right thing to do to protect people, I guess. And she probably thinks that words make things unsafe. Words can lead to violence, even though words are violence, I guess, at this point in time. But I just am interested in the psyche behind thinking that it's a good idea to try to protect people from things so much that you're banning words, you're banning jokes, you're banning laughter. Because if you look at it on the surface of it, I don't know, 10 years ago, 10 years from now, Bill passes from MP What's-Her-Face Zoltan. That's a shout-out to um, Dude, Where's My Car? Matt Brevner probably remembers that movie. <laughs> uh, MP bans laughter at offensive jokes. So that can go down in history and then people can look at it and look at it as one of those crazy laws like you look up in Georgia where it's an Ill illegal to eat an orange in a bathtub or whatever it used to be. Remember those old laws people would find? I uh, can't marry a horse in Mississippi, stuff like that. And um, it'll look, history will look back non-fondly, uh, poorly on these people. And it's just interesting to me, I'd love to talk to them on air about where this idea comes from. Where do you think it's a good idea to want to ban people for doing this or charge them for doing this and who actually benefits from that? Because if it's for hurt feelings you're saving people from, then where does that go? Can a parent not say their child uh, did a bad thing if we're protecting based on hurt feelings? These people never look at the logical end to you know, the thing that they're uh, supposing is a good idea. Yeah. And to, to add as well, I think, you know, they talk about white supremacy being the main thing. I think these guys are moral supremacists. I think that's the best way to describe them is they, uh, is they try so hard to find this sort of moral supremacy. So that's, that's the biggest thing um, as well. And you can see the pattern within people. I don't know. They, they try and, they try and climb the ladder of this uh, moral virtue and it just, it makes them look just mm. stupid and it makes them look just uneducated and just idiotic and uh, vacuous. And it's, it's an embarrassment really. If you're, if you, if your if your main focus in life is just to climb some sort of moral ladder, um, it's just, it's very strange. It's all about being kind to people. Sure. And that, that, that even that tagline is, um, is has been decimated enough, but now we're at a point where, um, yeah, they're basically, I would call them moral supremacists. <laughs> basically. <laughs> I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's, I, I, I think comedians should be able to say whatever they want to say. And that needs to be a sacred institution because they're the front line of freedom of yeah. speech. However, where I think this comedian is different than let's say Dave Chappelle is I think he's kind of doing it for attention. Like he set up the joke saying, yeah. oh, I'm going to get canceled. There's going to be a media firestorm <laughs> from that. And from that, I feel like it's a little bit insensitive and distasteful. However, he should be able to say it. It's still, he's kind of a dick for going there. He's so like, I don't think he should be way. canceled. I agree. I don't, I don't think he should be canceled because that's what he wants. So let him not yeah. be canceled. Let him remain. But it, it, you bring up a anything, good point, Lewis. You bring up a really sorry, good point. There's a, quote from, there's a quote from C.S. Lewis. And it reads, of all tyrannies, mm. the tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own goodwill torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. And I think that sums yeah. up liberal politics in 2022. Yeah, that's basically how I feel about, like, the crooked old Democrats versus the progressive ones. Crooked old Democrats are going to rob you. They're going to they're gonna lie to you. They're going to steal fr from you, same as robbing. And the progressives are going to come up and say, you know what? We're doing this. This is good uh, equity and equality and the climate justice. They're just going to be completely moral grandstanding. You're not going to know what's going on. At least for the Democrats, they're predictable. They just want to steal your money. That's basically it. everything they're doing is for money. Whereas the other way around, it's going to be global le revolution led by uh, green energy people. So we've got Sheila Gunn-Reed. Speaking of green energy lovers, Sheila Gunn-Reed is on the line um, joining us now from, of course, her homestead in Alberta. Sheila, how are you? 
Hey, I'm great. Yeah. Nobody loves green energy more than me guys. <laughs> I really, just the wind, the sun, it's my favorite. <laughs> your paid How's it going into, guys? It's going very well. I think we're fired up today. Get your paid chats into Sheila right now about Alberta. Of course, Hottest story off the press is the Coots, uh, Milk River, the border of Montana, Alberta. What updates can you give us for that? And uh, I know Kean and uh, Sid are on the ground. You're in close touch with them. What can you give everybody as updates as what's going on, on the ground there? Well, actually, Kean is out, I think, getting clean clothes today. So he is after, yeah, you know what, <laughs> after 12 days of being there and showing up with one change of clothes, um, we're letting him go back out for the second time just for like half a day. Um, but Sid is still on the ground and Adam is on the ground in Milk River, which is quickly becoming the largest town in southern Alberta because there are so many supporters amassing there. It's 20 kilometers up the road from Coots, but you can't get to Coots because the RCMP have the blockade blockaded off so that you can't show up and give moral support or material supports for the truckers there. But um, late last night, or I guess not all that late, I guess it would have been late for Toronto. See, this is beautiful. This is millions and millions of dollars in farm equipment. Just, I was watching this and I'm like, there's uh, 850,000. This one coming up here, I think this articulating eight by eight is probably a million bucks right off the lot. Um, there are billions of dollars in equipment just amassing at the border between Alberta and Montana because um, nobody's buying what Jason Kenney, our premier, is selling at this point. And part of that has to do with Jason Kenney's own history of selling freedom and then just yanking it out from underneath you. So even though Alberta lifted some of our restrictions or started lifting restrictions last night at midnight, um, the farmers and the truckers aren't buying it. They say it's not enough and it is too uncertain. So what they did was they blocked the border last night to uh, truck traffic. And for those people who don't know, this is one of the major commercial truck routes between uh, Alberta and the Southern States, or it's the access point to the Southern States. And a lot of our beef and uh, produce goes back and forth between those two places. And um, so when this is them watching and this is the truckers and the blockaders watching the announcement of Jason Kenney, come and where Jason Kenny says, Oh, it totally had nothing to do with the truckers. That's why we're <laughs> opening all of a sudden, even though he, he literally moved the timeline up 60 days over the course of 72 hours, once they started blockading the border. So first restrictions were going to start to be lifted by the end of March. And then it was, Oh, by the end of February. And then it was by the middle of February. And then it was, Oh, a couple of days from now. And so he did this big press conference and it totally wasn't the truckers that did any of it. Totally not. Um, but they weren't buying any of it. Um, because well, Jason Kenny, he lifted our vaccine passport, uh, last night, all well and good. And he, uh, said that the lockdowns have been harmful. Also true. However, the guy who put them in place should be resigning if they were so harmful. And the guy who put them in place is Jason Kenney. And he talked a lot about the harm. But what I didn't hear from him was, I'm sorry for being the guy who caused all that harm. And he's while he's lifted the vaccine passport, he's left the QR code system in place. And he has not outlawed private businesses who seek to continue to use the vaccine passport system. So it, he acknowledges that it was discrimination and discriminatory when the government was doing it. Um, but if a business so chooses to do it, um, that's also fine too. I, I don't understand uh, how any of this is making sense. And as I said, nobody trusts him because we already had the best summer ever. They rolled back all of our restrictions in the summer, I think for Canada day. And we were open for good. Cross my heart, hope to die. He's caught on camera saying that to somebody. Cross my heart, hope to die. We're never going back. We're going into the endemic phase of this. And then, oh, the fall rolled around and it was the fall of tyranny. Um, I think we've got maybe 60 days of living our normal lives before they yanked the rug out from under us. And people don't trust Jason Kenney to keep his word. And I think they're right to be skeptics because I sure am. Sheila, I agree with people not trusting, especially when you have Scott Moe, who I'm not a, a huge fan of, 
of doing a much faster timeline. What would the government say is the rationale for not immediately lifting everything? We hear, oh, Monday, oh, we'll bring it back if, if things get worse. You know, we're going to lift all restrictions if the hospital rates uh, stay low. What's the rationale, rationale for not just going, restrictions gone? There's no preparation that needs to be done from what I can see of taking away vaccine passports, taking off your masks. What What is the excuse here for not doing things immediately? They never did it immediately the other direction either. Uh, when they're putting restrictions on. What's the rationale from the Kenny government here on that, do you think? It's the same rationale from the very beginning. We need to protect the hospital system. You know, the hospital system, you had 23 months and billions of dollars to ramp up, and yet you didn't ramp up ICU capacity. And so an entire population of Canadians... 4.5 million of us are paying for the ineptitude of government bureaucracy. And the healthcare system is the largest taker of Albertans tax dollars. It's the largest thing in the budget. And yet in a time when we were living under medical tyranny, you think they might get the hospital systems, right? They never did. And so there's a lot of, will this is the timeline to roll back this restriction. If, if, pressure stays off the hospital. So there's still a lot of uncertainty. So to be clear, um, on Monday, they are lifting the masks for kids in school. Last night, they lifted all the restrictions on dining. No uh, vaccine passports, no restrictions on capacity. Um, The only restriction that will really stay in place at the, till the end of the month. So I guess that's like 20 days or 19 days or something is indoor masking. And that's the only real one that's staying in place. Plus the capacity limits on like enormous, um, inside venues. So like hockey games or whatever, that's the only things that are staying in place. But if it's safe enough for my kid to go to school on Monday without wearing a mask, Surely to hell, it's fine for her to go into Walmart without one too, right? I'm following the science there, I think. For sure. And I wanted to ask you, why has there not been, or has there been pushback from the MLAs in Alberta? We saw the federal party kick out Aaron O'Toole. And, you know, do I believe them? Not really. But they're doing this whole thing where basically it seems like they disagreed with him the whole time. They're supporting the truckers. They want to end all mandates yeah. now. Um ask me later if how much I believe them. But has there been any word of, you know, Jason Kenney's uh, government, his party saying we're voting you out from leadership. You've admitted that it's wrong. You're taking too long to do this stuff. The province wants everything lifted immediately. Are we going to see anything like that, do you think? Over the past, I would say, week and a half, again, thank you, truckers, we've seen the rural MLAs in Alberta who have always been more, far more freedom-minded than the uh, city-based ones. And it, and that's because we really have this division in our conservative party. The rural ones are basically the remnants of the old Wild Rose Party, which is a protest party when they thought the old progressive conservative party wasn't quite conservative enough. So the rural MLAs have been speaking out ever since the convoy began. And some of them actually even participated in some of the smaller convoys around Alberta as that one went to Ottawa. And they have been writing open letters on their Facebook pages saying we need these restrictions to end. And this is Grant Hunter. He's the MLA in Coots. He showed up at uh, basically the little place that they're using as blockade HQ and wisely, bravely uh, broke ranks, I think, with the government a little bit and had a very compelling interview with Sid Fizard, who, as I said, has been there basically nonstop for 12 days. And he asked him some pretty tough questions about, you know, like, what do you think of the convoy? And Grant Hunter, to his credit, though, he's been quiet uh, this last little bit on the night when his government is dropping restrictions and not giving credit to the truckers. He was there giving credit to the truckers for standing up for freedom. Sheila, um, over here in the United Kingdom, Boris has announced that he's scrapping the self-isolation restrictions. In the current climate in Canada, do you see Trudeau um, budging? Do you see um, anyone sort of steering in the direction of of reducing these restrictions at all uh, with with all these uh, protests happening? What's your take? 
again, I think uh, the prairie provinces seem to be leading the way here. Um, by the time we enter into, as they say, step three of our reopening plan, um, these things are always in steps and sometimes they get weird colors like they do in Ontario. Um, but they are making the isolation protocols for people who are diagnosed with COVID-19, uh, a recommendation only. And I think right. that will be by the beginning of March, but I really don't see Jason Kenny, or I'm sorry, Justin Trudeau, and that's a huge Freudian slip. Um, I really don't see Justin Trudeau, uh, as they say, following the science on any of this stuff, while the UK and Alberta and Saskatchewan are making moves to um, lift restrictions. There's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, triple vaxxed, also with natural immunity at this point, wearing a mask in the House of Commons to vilify Canadians. And um, it, we we've seen even we had a story out yesterday that even when you are abducted into these COVID jails, the COVID jail system in Canada, um, you don't even get released sometimes on, even if you test negative for COVID. So uh, there's like 418 people over the course of like three weeks, two weeks, maybe who, even though they tested negative, we're still held hostage in the COVID in Justin Trudeau's COVID jails. So um, I, I can't see that Justin Trudeau would roll these things back. I think he's too far invested in them. Like he's in a standoff with these truckers who are saying, we don't want any more restrictions. We don't want any cross border vaccine mandates. And instead of saying, you know what, let's talk to the Americans about this. Let's see what the Americans have to say. See if we can come to some sort of agreement on the science TM and uh, they're not, <laughs> none of that is happening. He's all he's doing is just vilifying people and threatening to bring in the military. So I think he's just too far gone down one path that I don't know if he knows how to back out of it. Do, do you think it's a, an ego thing? Oh primarily? yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's why he's prime minister is for ego. I really think yeah. that he would much prefer to be just some like, I don't know, sparsely employed surfer dude in British <laughs> Columbia, you know, smoking joints and tasting some gnarly waves or whatever the <laughs> kids say. Smoking dubs and hitting waves. Bro. Yeah, I know. I realized it just sounded like my mom so bad, but, uh, but, um, you know, like, I think that's what he would rather be doing, but he feels he's got this ego that needs to be fed because it is his birthright to be the crown prince of Canada. He, he's never actually worked for anything in his life, including his job as prime minister. Um, so uh, it's definitely ego. He, he, that's why he exists. That's why he's prime minister is ego. Matt, do you the problem to... is, I think, go ahead. Well, I think that the problem is that his base supports him in all of this stuff and they just want him to pile sure. on the rhetoric and the restrictions further. So he's stuck. He has to appease to his base, which is a small fringe minority of Canadians anyways. But I think we need to pivot our attention a little bit to the NDP because the, the, the liberals can only get away with what they're getting away with as long as they have the support of the NDP. Because if that if that goes away, then I'm not even sure that the Liberals can hold government. So you know, it's it's kind of a tricky thing. We have we have Trudeau being so extreme, but but Singh is the most extreme. He's just spouting all sorts of rhetoric, and it's that's they're the enablers in this whole situation. Because Singh can say whatever he wants, the like you know, but he's not held accountable to it because he's not in office. But this just enables the fringier left, the fringier remnant of the Liberal Party, and then you know. I think if, if that starts to shift, which has like always been really strange to me, because in BC, the, the NDP voters are always the ones that are like pro my body, my choice, pro bodily autonomy, pro freedom in their own understanding of freedom. So where's that remnant? Where's that voice in this whole in this whole dialogue? I'm 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 kind of especially in the trucker thing. Like I don't know, man. It's it, it's it. Sorry, I'm not being the most articulate to get this idea out, but it it. It baffles me. What are you guys' thoughts about that? You know, we had this question on the live stream the other day. Somebody asked about the NDP too. And I thought, you know what? Why would the NDP oppose Justin Trudeau? He's giving them everything they want. They want the internet censored because of harmful speech, which is just things progressives don't agree with. Um, 
he's doing that. Uh, they don't want pipelines. Justin Trudeau's making sure that never happens. Um, they want more restrictions because um, more restrictions mean people travel less, which means fewer greenhouse gas emissions. So they're happy about that. They have a proclivity to want to pro- control your life anyway. That's what big government progressives do. And you can't get a more big government progressive than a socialist. So why would they oppose anything that Justin Trudeau is doing? I mean, they want, you know, this universal basic income. Well, what are these constant lockdowns and the payments associated to people who are constantly sent home from work because of overreactions from government? That's basically a universal basic income in and of itself. So why, why would the NDP ever oppose Justin Trudeau? They are getting absolutely everything they want. And as I said the other day on the show, Jagmeet Singh may as well be prime minister. I mean, all the NDP's radical progressive ideas are being done by the NDP. And that's why the NDP vote has collapsed. Um, they really used to be at one point, even in Canada, they were the official opposition and conservatives always do well when there's a strong NDP because they draw on from, they vote split the progressive side, right? When there's a strong NDP, we don't have that. And the liberals are really benefiting from it, but so are the NDP ideologues because they're getting everything they need. Sheila Gunn read the gun show every Wednesday night on Rebel News Plus and truckerlawyer.ca is where we can get all the updates. It's really just a feed of all the videos we've got going on from the West Coast there. We want to support and we want your help supporting Chad Williamson, uh, Chad too bad as I call him, superstar lawyer. Um, so go there. You can just watch our content. We can bring it up right now. Watch our content. It's a big old feed. Sydney, Adam and Kean and, uh, chad the lawyer and can, you can contribute if can we like. just sorry can we just talk about chad for a second because sure. in the span of 12 days he has turned from like lawyer guy in a sweater and a scarf to a character from yellowstone He's I don't know always been a character no but like now it, we know that because we know chad but True. like his like tv lawyer persona has morphed into like the guy from yellowstone the like guy that all the ladies like from yellowstone like I saw him yesterday and I'm like, he's got to, no, you got to do his video so from yesterday. So he goes day. from that. That's the before to Chad's got his collar popped, chest hair, hanging out, aviator sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm like, what is, happened to one, Chad? Yeah. Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> he really turned into the wrestling character. We all hoped he would be while still being a really good lawyer. Love it. I posted that to my Instagram and it was just like lady heart eye emojis. They're just like, who's that guy? I'm like, this is chat. Cool guy. <laughs> Saving Alberta. All right, Sheila, yeah. we have to say goodbye. And we have to get to the paid chats. Now we appreciate you and everything you're doing. Follow her on Twitter. Just past a hundred thousand. Thanks guys. Thanks Sheila. Yeah, Sheila. Producer of my namesake. Do we have paid chats to get to, or was I blowing smoke? Oh, well, let's throw him up here in our last two minutes. Um, Producer of my namesake. We're seeing that was good. Lewis's left arm, his very English-looking arm. Eng- Thank uh, you, Lewis. I keep watching those soccer highlight, uh, that soccer YouTube page to really get my vernacular vernacular down. Very central, That's great. Uh, smashing. That's it, mate. Massive. That's it, mate. Got a couple of balls here, right? We're going to kick it in the top right corner. Yeah, that's top bins. Yeah, go on, son. You love it. You sit I there. Do. You sit there. I sit there and I think of you. Do you? That's Don't really I? nice. Don't I, Lewis? Yes, you do. Can we get these things on the screen before me and Lewis fall in love? More so? <laughs> I can't read them from here. You guys go ahead. Lewis, you first. <laughs> Sure. Uh, first rumble rant of the day. Thanks to everyone at Rebel and all other independent. Uh, oh, hang on a sec. Um, on Trudeau bailout money, um, media for your factual reporting on these very important events. Keep spreading the truth. Why, thank you, Stephen. Uh, we'll thank go you, Stephen. Next. We'll go next down the line. I can read them now. Um, Fraser says, facts, all politicians are liars. Do not trust them. Tell them to end the mandates now. You have one minute to do so, then resign. Eh, maybe give them upwards of an hour. Uh, <laughs> 30 seconds. 30 seconds? What's that in Greenwich Mean Time? <laughs> it's the same thing. Matt, go ahead. 
uh, history club world. Rebel News should try to get some whistleblower from the CBC about their coverage on the convoy. <laughs> you got to. that, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Also, start going through the MSM coverage each day and expose everything factually wrong. Man, there is so much factually yeah. wrong about so much that they report. And it's not even just – the thing is, it's not even just uh, incidental things that they get wrong. It's the whole framing of the narrative. So everything that they report is actually wrong. So, I mean, you have to come to the terms that it's not the news, it's brainwashing, and it's it's a it's a tool of the state. So once you understand that, then it's like, oh, I get it. I see what they're doing now. And you'll, you'll be less angry as often. It's pretending that an entire Maybe. other point of view doesn't exist. Do we have any more? Right. Sure. Do you want me to do that one? Yes, sir. So... Um, Becca Henderson donates a dollar. Thank you very much. Uh, Ottawa police announced that FACCS uh, will be coming in to remove children from around 100 trucks. Uh, got my Patriot hat and truck off Trudeau sweater from the Rebel store and loving it. It's quality. I'd like I like to say that. good That's luck cool. with that. You know how bad that image is going to look of them ribbing children away from their parents? That's. I don't think it's going to happen. Hmm. Yeah. Anymore? It's it's quite a horrible thought. That's it. Okay. Um, speaking of fake news, before we go, uh, they want us to analyze it. Bring up the Globe and Mail alt-right thing for a second. Oh, no. Uh, we'll quickly read that just as a conclusion of the day's events. Writer for the Globe and Mail has stated that um, for leadership of his party, you might have discerned a freedom. There we go. Um, he's talking about the use of the word freedom. Mr. Poilev promised, among other things, to Canadians that the freest people on earth with freedom to make your own health and vaccine choices, freedom to speak without fear. That's what he's saying. Uh, Pierre Poilov is saying he wants people to have freedom, freedom over fear. He recently tweeted. This is not by accident, of course, Lewis and Matthew. Freedom is a word that gets bandied about a lot these days, but has mostly been co-opted, co-opted by the alt-right, right, right, right. Oh. Freedom now makes you far-right. Freedom makes you a racist, a misogynist. All the things that they put with far-right. This is what this writer is saying. I told him to retire. He said me first. The truth there is he's 100 years old and has been writing crap for his whole life. I am minus 75 years of that, and I actually know what's going on, Gary Mason. Gary Mason, retire, please. You've been doing it for a long time. You've put in your 50 years of garbage. Let somebody else have the cushy job with government money at the Globe and Mail. Thank you, everybody, for watching. He literally has pompous in his bio. Sorry. That's good. He literally has pompous in his bio. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's good. He's really doing the Lord's work there. Um, Gary the slave, anti-freedom <laughs> slave mason. All right. He's a Freemason. Oh, He's been doing this for 30 years. He's putting a hand over his eye. We have to stop him at Bohemian Grove. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Rebelnews.com slash live streams is where you can watch us every day. Rumble, Super U, Odyssey, YouTube, Getter. ConvoyReports.com for all of Lincoln Jays and all the Ottawa footage. Truckerlawyer.ca for Alberta slash Montana footage. And of course, we're, I'm told by a producer I'm going to get beaten by the girls if I don't plug the show Misunderstood. <laughs> it's on Spotify right now. You can watch it or you can listen to it. It's coming to video platform soon, but Misunderstood, the cat in that show. Uh, it's doing really well, and you can get a uh, bonus discount for it if you use their promo code to sign up for rebelnewsplus.com. Back to the full screen here, though. Before I go, I want to match Lewis's face exactly. Hold on. Looking like that. Right ahead. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll do that. Other way. Play us out, producer. Your job is done. Do you actually believe the stuff that you say out of curiosity, or do you just kind of do the script that you're told to repeat? I'm just curious because you have destroyed my life, CBC. Um, you, you write a lot of hit pieces about me. My family has been doxxed. I've received death threats. Um, I have a six-year-old son, a three-year-old son. I come from a good family. And you've literally destroyed my life because I ask appropriate questions. I just want to know if you have children, if this is actually the world that you feel that, you know, you want to raise kids in, that you think kids, you know, want, should be living in, if this is the future for them. Like, you're young. You actually think this is appropriate? And do, like, do you actually believe the work that you do, or is it just a good paycheck? You?
Like, like CBC has destroyed my life. Like, you should see the hit pieces, many of them, that you guys have written about me. Um, it's disgusting. I'm Chris Nagel. I'm a nurse. And um, because of the hit pieces, you guys have totally, like, ruined my career. And and just and I've been fired um, because of it. People have doxxed my address. People have given me death threats um, because of the lies that you guys spread and, and the way that you twist the truth. And I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and kids have never been happier than what has been created here. Why don't you show that truth? Do you see the smiles in the kids? Do you know what has been taken away from them these last two years? Do you know six-year-olds have told me they wanted to cut themselves and kill themselves? Kids want to die because of the last two years. Why aren't you showing that? And now you're talking about kids' welfare safety? Now you think kids should be taken from their parents out of these trucks? You're working with the welfare services? But you're repeating it. You're repeating it. And people are believing it. Why do you think there's people out here counter-protesting? Why do you think Winnipeg, someone drove down four protesters purposely and put them in critical care? Why do you think there's actually violence and hate happening? Do you know how divisive this is? Yeah. Is this actually Canada? Do you know what you're reporting and what you're doing to the people out there? How does that make you feel? You're a young guy. This is not the world. This is not Canada. This is not the world I want my kids to live in.